0: I'm Perfect. just starting, trying to start my video. There I am. Oh, hello.
1: <laughs> Hi. Hi. Oh, lovely to see you. It How feels you? like it's been so long. Well, it and has. When
0: did, when did you go back to Hull?
1: 2015. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, I think with the pandemic, though, that's sort of like taken
1: yeah, I think two so.
0: years out of people's Absolutely. Life, Absolutely. Kind of don't count it.
1: Um, If you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and and just saying a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, that'd be fantastic.
0: I'm Olivia Armstrong and I'm a professional storyteller. I've been a professional storyteller for about 17 years and I work in all kinds of different settings from museums to heritage sites, schools, um, outdoor spaces, working with all ages and diverse Members of the community. So, I work with early years, I work with adults, I work a lot with adults and children with additional needs and learning disabilities. Um, I've been working this year with um, refugee families from Afghanistan, and I work with all things to do with storytelling. So, telling folk tales and folklore, myths and legends, and getting groups to create their own stories. So, enable everybody to tell their stories.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, and I know because I've um I've had the privilege of working with you a few times o- over the years um, and always tried to, to come to the, the, the event that we 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 worked on together. And so I've had the joy of hearing your storytelling in, in very different settings. So with adults, with children, um historical um stuff like um the story of Boudica. Um, through to we we did a a Halloween event of um, like haunting stories and um, and so on, and I remember that one we we actually did that in um, what was the medieval gallery of the old museum in in St Albans, and um, there was something really perfect about the shape of that space because i don't know if you remember but you came down a a narrow corridor and then it opened up just into a kind of circular space and you were surrounded by some some um you know traditional museum cases but it gave this sense of um a closeness and you're sat in a circle and 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 you're telling these stories and for me being in that space it, it it added something even to the story as a listener how does space impact you as a storyteller? Does it have any bearing over the way you tell the stories?
0: Yeah, I really remember that well. I was thinking about that. It, was, it felt like a really magical place, and it was the lighting as well and the fact of being in a museum after dark, and it definitely does. I mean, space is a huge thing, and responding to that, and as you say, being part of an audience and how the audience responds to it. And I think in that particular case of being in the museum, after dark you're kind of going through spaces that aren't lit there aren't the usual kind of visitors there so you already feel that you're in somewhere that's been set aside for something special and you're going to an event and when you're walking down that long space um into kind of the area that opened down into the circle you're kind of walking into something so you're kind of feeling that and you're feeling that in your body as you're kind of going into it and it definitely does you know if you get the wrong space it can affect storytelling negatively. So if you're just in a huge, big, white space and you're sort of in the middle of it and there's nothing around, particularly if you're with children, they're going to get distracted Mm. and Mm. lose focus. So I think having kind of the intimacy is a really important thing and responding to what you see, which is something I always like to do. I've worked a lot in galleries, for example, so it would be incredible to be sitting beneath turner painting and then telling the actual story of of the artist turner and the story behind the painting the
1: idea of having someone telling a story you you could almost feel like you could step into the painting and um
0: yeah yeah i think that's what i always always wanted to do and i mean i remember one example when i was talking about there's a painting i think it's called rain rain smoke and steam something like that and there's, there's a very tiny hair in front of it so it's a train but it's kind of very misty and there's a hair that's running in front of the train and you can barely see it but I'd often say oh the hair's running 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 and look it's running right across the gallery and it was lovely to then just see everybody kind of follow my arm as I kind of yeah. like pointed to the other yeah. side of the room because people would get lost in what you were saying.
1: So so that's kind of thinking about uh, uh, a story being told about uh, an artwork or, or a, a specific object but I know for example you've um told the stories or, or you you've been Boudicca you you've yeah. uh, you shared that story with people I know for sure at at the site of Verulamium, um where, where we we worked together um which is one of the the, the cities that um Boudicca visited on on her revolt um visited and not you know not as a tourist yeah. obviously um <laughs> but but other places such as that, like where where it's a site yeah. with a specific connection to a story, does that does that play into the way you tell it or or add any other dimension?
0: Yes. so with Boudica, it's a really interesting one because that was one of the first stories that I ever told because I was living in Colchester and I visited Colchester Castle. and that's I mean, I think I'd probably heard of like Bodicea, maybe, but it wasn't something I'd studied in school. So that's where I first heard the story of Boudicca. And Boudica, as you say, visited or kind of like mm. um, at, at, destroyed the, yeah. the city yeah. called Chester, was kind of the first Roman city. And the castle is built on the remains of a Roman temple that Boudicca was said to have burned down. So that was really evocative to kind of be in that space. And I thought, oh, well, I'm going to tell the story of Boudicca. So I was asked by the education officer to develop the story. And I told the story there and it, it, there was something really um, special to think we're on on the actual site and to be able to tell visitors that that you're here um, in the place where these things happen. So maybe there's some kind of vestiges mm-hmm. and ghosts or kind of like lingering spirits in whatever way you want to interpret that in this in this area. But it was through doing that that I thought, well, what I'm going to do now I'm going to go to the other places that I know Boudica destroyed and I'm going to try and tell the story there. So the next place I went to was Museum of London. I was living in Colchester at the time then I moved to London, kind of like similar to Boudicca's journey. <laughs> so I moved to London and I went to the Museum of London and the Museum of London is right by a, a part of the Roman wall that still exists in, in London. There's not a lot of it left. The Roman wall was actually built after boudicca's revolt so when she marched into london there was nothing there there was no wall to prevent her but i thought right i'm going to tell the story here so again i was in the spot kind of following boudicca's journey and we could look out through a window and see the roman wall so we could talk about that and then i thought right the third the third place is verulimium so then uh, you know in st Albans. so that's kind of how approached the museum there where you were, Adam, yeah. and said, right, I, I want to yeah. tell the story there. So I kind yeah. of feel like yeah. as a storyteller, I was following Boudicca's journey too, so I don't know if, you know, there's something inside me that inspired that, that I want to be in the actual sites and in the actual places. Because I think I have told a story outside of those areas, but not often. It's usually in in the, in, in the places itself. And I think that there's something about audiences in that area that will come because they know that they were their area was part of history so they're there um and they can imagine what would it have looked like or you know where we are now what would the city have been like or you know how would it have been different and they can put themselves in the place of history too just by having this kind of story or this character reenacting part of their story so i think that becomes really important too
1: there is something special about these connections and i am aware that i think maybe maybe like you just described about yourself it becomes very kind of connected to me this sense of place this sense mm-hmm. of um finding because when when i when i was working at, at verulamium i lived in elstree um which is just you know in between st albans and london basically and um my house was just off watling street and Watling Street is obviously very important to to, to Roman history. It's important to the, um, I guess, the, the the stories that you're telling. And um, even though Watling Street's a very long street, you know, it, it, it there was something special about about for me about traveling along that street every day to go into work at this Roman museum. And um, yeah, it, so even even the, the commute to work for me had this connection with the past Mm -hmm. with the people who had walked on that road before me
0: the stories they do have a reaction in people like they have a a, people can have quite a personal response even though stories of the Romans and Boudicca you're talking over 2000 Mm. years ago but when you tell those powerful stories and with a powerful character and I don't think it's a coincidence as well that Boudicca is like a powerful female character I know that it would inspire people in the audience quite unexpected people yeah so, in Verulamium, I once had a woman who was maybe in her, in her 80s who'd come along, and these would often be programmed as children's events. And she'd come along without any children, and she said to me, Oh, I should be cleaning the house, but I wanted to come and hear Boudica's story. In London, I was talking about like Boudica, and like Boudica had all kinds of people in her army, and it wasn't just men, and it wasn't just boys, and she had women and girls. And then, one of the loveliest moments I can just still see, two tiny girls really little they they were no more than three but when I said that they both looked at each other and just high-fived each other and it was just so lovely because I thought well not only were they really listening even though they were so small they'd find something that they thought was really important that they'd relate to and they didn't even say anything to each other it was like this sort of unspoken connection and that felt so special that they were responding to a story I think it's a story for warrior queen but over 2000 years old but they'd find something in that yeah. that they can relate to
1: yeah and, and reacted to it in such a a modern way the human experience the human obviously the situations we live in change and the um the rights and freedoms that people have change but the human experience there's there's things you can relate to from 2000 years ago from more than that and that's why these stories um continue and continue to be made into films and books and um and museum exhibitions and and artworks and i'm I'm fascinated by that i'm fascinated by what we'll leave behind for for future you know what what will people make of our our society now just just thinking about um sort of storytelling as an art form as a as a profession what's your favorite thing about it what what do you love about what you do the most
0: i think you mentioned the word but i think connection i think you know being able to to be with people and share something is a really powerful powerful emotion and powerful experience and often and i've been storytelling a long time so my favorite thing about it is when you can see the story that you're telling reflected back to you in the eyes of the listener so when you can see people are really there it it's kind of like an electrical connection almost Mm. and it doesn't happen all the time but but when it does it feels really really special and it's lovely to be able to take people into that world just using words I mean I use kind of props and signs and things but really predominantly through words taking people somewhere else and that you're sharing with them because I often say to people, your know, people come up afterwards and they say, I oh, really enjoyed it. And I'll often say really genuinely, a story a storyteller is only as good as the audience, because the audience is giving you things all the time. Mm. And they're sharing kind of just their their listening and their attentiveness kind of creates the story too. So it's kind of a pact between all of you, between the storyteller and the audience. And it's yeah, it's just sharing that, connecting with people sharing something going somewhere else for a moment or for a while and I'm um, losing yourself in another world could be the other world but another yeah. world it's yeah. just really magical thing and cre- creating worlds out of words is something that I still feel so thrilled about the, yeah that, that's what I that's what I do sometimes you know when people you kind of what do you do in your job and it's just it's talking and that feels like wow that really lucky that's a really special thing I think with storytelling you also have the emotion which I think is a really powerful thing and what I did at the Museum of London I did a lovely project where because it's changing its its location so and they're doing more things outside because the museum will be closed for a while while they're kind of building the new Mm -hmm. one um I, I was taking visitors from the site of the old museum to where the new museum will be and it's less than a mile in mm-hmm. Smithfield mm-hmm. in the City of London area of London. But what was lovely is that all the stories I was telling, they, they are true or they're legends and yes. they're facts. So I'd get a lot of adults who could come as well. So that although ostensibly it's for children, it, you get the facts but you also get them in a very playful way. And I think yeah. more and more yeah. lots of adults in particular are responding really well to that. So often when I'm telling stories Um, I will have adults without children which is completely fine you know I love it but because they want to know things too but they kind of like the playful approach or you know having having something extra as well that you get or as soon as we're going on the walk kind of interpreting it for children you're bringing out kind of certain things that you might not on a kind of formal walk I think people are really responding to that playful aspect of that Storytelling brings. Yeah. So you can yeah. uh, you can use it in a in a historical setting, and you can use it to kind of convey facts if you like. But you can also do it in a very sort of playful yeah. way.
1: There's something very powerful in in particularly in adults learning how to play again, because you kind of, it's it's how you learn everything in life. I mean, you will see it in the animal kingdom, you know, you, you learn everything through play. And then as you grow up, you're conditioned almost okay. to sort of bury that playful nature. And I think when, when you have a, a storytelling event such as yours, or or we've done some really cool creative workshop, um, seeing adults gradually coming mm. back into that kind of um what they might consider a childish mode. Yeah. It's really it exciting. Did really just want to ask you two final questions, if that's okay. Um, and I'll do them both at once and you can answer however you like. Yes. Um, the first one is, <laughs> do you have a favourite story that you tell? And the second one is, do you have a favourite place to tell us the stories?
0: I I love stories about nature and the natural world. And I also love stories about the supernatural world. Mm. Um, so those are my favourite kinds of stories. And there's one story in particular, which is a story about the moon and how the moon changes shape and why the moon changes shape. And it has, the moon is is a very lonely character who comes down to earth looking for someone to love and ultimately doesn't find it and goes back to the sky and hides away. And I love that story because... I love the moon very much so and I love the kind of the loneliness of the moon in that aspect so anything that's kind of a little bit a little bit sad a little bit romantic very lyrical those are the stories I love and I love as well um stories from Ireland being Irish Mm -hmm. and stories of kind of the Irish supernatural world like the Banshee or kind of spectral death coaches and things because when I'm back in Ireland and in rural landscapes, even in the city, that, that world is not so far away. Mm. And people still have beliefs and have done for a very long time. So there's something about the ancient world and the other world coming into our world. Those are the kinds of stories that I love. Um, spooky and magical. And as for favourite plays, I mean, that probably changes all the time. I mean, I've told stories in some amazing heritage sites i've told stories in windsor castle i've told stories up on the balcony in windsor castle and in st george's chapel and buckingham palace so kind of like that's sort of like a dream come true but then i love kind of also really quite hidden places or mm. places that aren't mm. so famous there's one place at the minute that i'm doing a lot of work for called west Horsley place and it's in the surrey countryside and it's it's where they film a bbc um, television like comedy program called Ghosts.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm telling stories. It's like a manor house, and it has so many stories attached. Like Shakespeare visited there. Queen Elizabeth first dined there, and Walter Raleigh's head, um, once after he was executed, of course, but his head was buried under the staircase there. Oh wow! Wife used to carry the head around with her all the time, so it's kind of like everything in history seems to have happened in this house the first woman to have ever been published in the english language lived there so if you kind of think of any period mm. something there's something with that house.
1: yeah
0: the people who work there feel like a really lovely team and you can just go and explore it's called nooks and crannies tours, so mm. you can just kind of go walk around and you know pick up books in the library and it's all very open and free oh wow but they they they're not sort of restoring it because they kind of don't like that word of kind of like restoring it or changing it but they're sort of making sure that it survives so it's still got bits that kind of the wallpaper might be peeling a little bit or bits are faded but it's so beautiful and it just feels so special and it's that thing going back to that sense of place
1: yeah like responding
0: to it it just feels like the house itself is like this living entity and this magical um almost living being
1: well you've certainly made me want to visit that place it sounds amazing and it sounds like they're doing the kind of things i i i love you know kind of letting people just take books off the shelf and and just be in the space i think that's um really Absolutely. brave really adventurous and fantastic
0: and really friendly and they have they have volunteer guides who like the history of the house so if you want to talk to them they will tell you yeah um to- you about it but you can just go by yourself like you're yeah. saying you know you can have that you go by yourself and then on open days so i've been telling stories there so you can go and hear a storyteller and what's lovely is that they've really embraced the fact that it's the home of this popular television yeah. program yeah. so it's bringing a whole new audience You'll of get course, yeah. people who traditionally you know like visiting houses maybe This is kind of all stereotypical, maybe an older demographic kind of, they'll come, but now we've got this young audience of people in their teens and upwards, and that's Mm. that's talking about a television programme, but people who come into this historical house are just so excited to be in places they've seen represented, and that's really lovely to watch them because they bring such joy